to a serious one. Yeah. Yeah. So joining you live from the World Championship 2023 in Barcelona, the Living Legend Podcast. TCG and Wargaming is now live on Kickstarter. What? Where is it? I need to see it. Let me have it. <laughs> I've already got my copy. You can find it on GrimPath.com or on Kickstarter right now. Yeah, it's all good. Let's Midnight for ass, chilling in his burger hoodie. He's just he's just vibing, Hell man. Yeah, just vibing. All right, well, uh, that'll start us off, I suppose. Welcome. Once again, to the Living Legends podcast, I am your host for today. I am Bill. Uh, for all of our video viewers, uh, I am very intentionally not looking at the camera because of my new ring light. It is uh, <laughs> more obnoxious with my with my glasses, being a glasses haver to look directly into the camera. But speaking of glasses havers, uh, wow. my two, <laughs> my, my two lovely co-hosts. <laughs> wow. Uh, let us start off with uh, alphabetical order. I'm I'm a big fan of alphabetical order. We have uh, As. Welcome, As. How's it going, folks? For the video listeners and viewers, I'm wearing just a burger hoodie today, which is basically like a blanket that you put on because it's midnight where I am right now. A little bit chilly because uh, me and my, me and my missus have moved back in with my mum for a bit, so we can start saving for our own place. You know, this day and age, it's hard to do that. Nice. So. Uh, we're currently in her house, which is currently being renovated. So the lounge doesn't even have any, you probably can't see it without me turning the camera around. The actual walls don't have any plaster on. So it's a little bit chilly in here. Um, so, but yeah, uh, it's a stepping stone to greater things. And uh, these things happen in life. But um, yeah, love and life nonetheless. And uh, back to do Living Legends podcast again, which is always a good time. Hell yeah. Right. Hell yeah. Happy to, happy to hear it. Happy to see it. Uh, happy to have you on. Yeah. I mean, I think you've been on more of these than I have, but I'm the host, so I got to pretend. Uh, as well, we also have uh, the other one, the one who hosts all the videos. Uh, we have Kel, also known as Red Zone Rogue. Hello, hello. The rumors of my dislike of Flesh and Blood have been greatly over-exaggerated. Hello, I'm Kel. <laughs> and uh, I'm uh, happy to be here, as always, to talk about Flesh and Blood every single week here on the Living Legends podcast. Uh, we got some really exciting news um, that dropped yeah. last week. Uh, news that has made me the most excited I've been about Flesh and Blood since Outsiders, and I don't say that lightly. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit later in this episode. Until then, we have some other stuff, uh, other stuff cooking. But don't don't worry, yeah. we will be talking about Part the Mistvale quite a bit. Uh, be 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 assured. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of exciting things, another segue. Uh, this video is sponsored. Uh, mm -hmm. Kel, why don't you bring us bring us away and tell us a little bit about our sponsorship for this episode? Yeah, so th this is something we don't normally don't do, right? So we typically do a sponsor that's like a flesh and blood adjacent, like a card store or or something like that. But I felt, and by I, I mean like we all kind of felt that uh, this was appropriate because there. I think there's like a a cross connect between you know, potential flesh and blood players and this game grim path because grim path is not just a trading card game. It is a war game. And so I would consider it more like TCG adjacent rather than a TCG game. Um, 
And it's a really, really cool game. It's one that I've covered personally on my own channel, Red Zone Rogue, a few times. Uh, the creator of the game, is, his name is Dave, and he is a former uh, video game. Well, not former. He still works in the video game industry, but he's a video game industry veteran. He's worked a double fine on games like, I don't know, Psychonauts, Brutal Legend. He's worked on a lot of the, the big name uh, games from uh, Double Fine, and uh, the quality really, really shows. It's a really cool um, war game mixed with a trading card game. I like to think of it kind of like a XCOM kind of feeling type thing. You move your minis around, and then you have cards that are your attacks and stuff, right? Good comparison, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, as is uh, checked out the game too. What did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, Dave sent me a little package with the two starter decks in, which I do plan on making some gameplay videos for. I don't know how many, uh, because there's not much, you know, stuff you can do with two starter decks. But I'm going to do do make some uh, some content on it very soon. But I've backed it recently because it's on Kickstarter now as well. So I have backed the starter set plus the one box. Um, so uh, I've backed it at that level. Um, but yeah, it's all on Kickstarter now. Yeah, Dave's great um and uh yeah definitely looking forward to it because i think it can be played very casually as well as potentially competitively but anytime you sort of add in a spatial grid-based element just adds more variance especially with the train setup phase and all this as well so i think it'll make a great kitchen table game yeah um between two mates i think so. the big emphasis to flesh and blood players is that this doesn't have to be a replacement to flesh and blood this can be like a fun tabletop board gaming experience that supplements all of your other card playing all your other like um you know your flesh and blood playing you don't have to buy into it like you do flesh and blood uh you can just get like you know the box set and then play it like a war game right you don't really have to yeah. you know uh in in engage with it in the the tcg uh space so exactly um, I think it's a really good yeah. like supplemental game for card players and it's just really really fun and it, it has the kind of you know fun and polish you'd expect coming from someone who is a video game industry veteran and so yeah, yeah. check it out we have links in the and, uh, description down below for the kickstarter and all that good stuff yeah so that'll be in the description box below and as you've probably if you're you know sort of avid listeners of the living legends podcast you know that we like all things gaming uh, yeah. not just flesh and blood but all things gaming and speaking of which bill had something else related to uh all things gaming so i'll throw it over to you before we do our flesh and blood stuff yeah absolutely uh so there were a couple of you that came up to me this weekend uh and i say that not from not within my own house but because i was in chicago <laughs> they just walked up uh, to your house hey bill <laughs> <laughs> hey are you bill from the living legends podcast uh no, no it was uh there were a few uh, flesh and blood players that walked up and said hi to me which was very surprising because i was at a magic the gathering event <gasps> i was yeah. at magic con chicago uh, which I just got back from uh, a 18 hours ago, um, just about. Uh, nice. Yeah, it was literally midnight last night, um, and it was an absolute blast. I had such a fantastic time. Uh, I only played like two or three games of Magic. It was mostly just meet and greet people and, and hanging out and having a great time, and I did. Uh, about right. I got to meet so many cool people. Um, unfortunately, I only saw Prof one time uh and it was as he was trying to find his way to the convention hall so i was oh, just like yeah. i'm just gonna let him do his thing i don't want to bother him i yeah. probably wouldn't want to be bothered either he was all turned around and whatever so i was like yeah just, that's fine um but i did get to meet a bunch of other really cool people um got to party got to eat some deep dish pizza oh hell yeah bro um, which i haven't had 
in like 15 years or something, at least not traditional, uh, and it was fantastic. Um, for anybody in the know about uh, the magic, the magic cons, I won't go into too much detail, but there's this thing called the unknown event. And long story short, there are, it's like a draft where they also have cards that were um, like playtest cards that were created by the like lead designer of Magic the Gathering. And uh, we got a card for the spike feeders. It, I'm trying to show it on camera, but because of my ring light, it's kind of impossible to see, but it's called the spike cactus. Uh, <laughs> so we now have like technically a card that was created by uh, Wizards of the Coast, at least somebody from there, uh, which I think is yeah. super cool. And we all freaked out when we saw it. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I've been up to. Uh, it's been a fantastic time and thank you if there's anybody that's listening that did come up to me um, at MagicCon Chicago. Uh, it meant a lot to me uh, to be recognized at an event that was uh, for a different game, but still be recognized for Flesh and Blood. That was really cool. I really appreciated that. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I have two things to say about the, the Magic Con Chicago stuff, because obviously I, I was not there, but I had some friends there, Bill included, as well as uh, Magic the Gathering and Flesh and Blood content creator uh, Yui, um, as uh, well as um, my friend, the professor. And um I'm not surprised that you only saw him once in like passing because that dude was in like super high demand for the weekend. I've been following him on Twitter and um, this is Flesh and well, at least my channel related. Uh, he and I have some plans to get together later this month to, to chat about uh, stuff. We're going to record an interview and all that kind of stuff. Um, Gosh. But um, yeah, it was cool to see like so many people have such an excellent weekend with with trading card games, regardless of it being Magic the Gathering. I love it personally when I see people just loving trading card games. I feel like it's a win for the entire industry when people can come together and just have a, a great time with the medium. Uh, it's it's already such a niche hobby and to see like such good vibes. Um it, oh, I'm always super happy about that. I even posted recently on Twitter that I, there's some other card games coming out that I'm not personally interested in, uh, Star Wars Unlimited and um, the Dragon Ball Fusion. But I have a lot of friends who are, and they're loving it, and they're just loving card games. And that just makes me, I don't know, just really happy to see. It's like this warm feeling for me. I just love card games so much, and seeing that is just great. So um, hearing like Bill's experience and other people's experience at in uh, Chicago was really cool to see. So, yeah, I dig it. I thought yeah, it was cool. It was just phenomenal. I'm already looking forward to the next one. Again, not even like a little bit to play magic, but mostly just to like hang out with people. Everybody was really cool. So. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the reason I go to things is mainly just, you know, the people and the hangouts rather than the actual game itself. But it's just amazing how these games can sort of foster that I want to go halfway across the world or I want to go to a different state or whatever just to hang out with the same people that like the same things I do, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just a great thing. Great conduit to making friends. That's the whole reason that we're, we're doing this, right? Because of a game. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it's all good stuff. Yeah. Well, with that said, let's get into, I guess, our more flesh and blood related things this week. I, I, I'm going to start. Because mine is very short, but it, I think it segues into what Az might have to say. <laughs> so yeah. my, my week in Flesh and Blood is, like, like I said, pretty short. Um, haven't done too, too much. I've been working on some videos for Channel Fireball. We have a top five generic cards video that should be coming out soon, as well as a video that um, touches upon an old topic that I did called How Much Pitch, which I just talk about uh, deck building for people who want to brew decks and talk about how much pitch you should have for each kind of deck type and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and then... 
Uh, we did two other things. Obviously, we had last week's episode of The Living Legends with Brian Gottlieb. If you haven't seen that yet, go check it out. It was a really good and fun uh, talk about heavy hitters mechanics as well as some other stuff, too, because we, we dip into some past sets like Bright Lights as well and talk about, you know, the successes and failures of that set. Um, maybe I shouldn't say failures, uh, successes and things to improve upon and le- lessons learned um, from from that set. So. Definitely go check that out. And then the other thing that I did was I did some casting with Az uh, for his (laughs) new series that is based from his new Discord tournament league, the league that means nothing. Nothing. Um, That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, that was really fun. Um, And uh, I guess we we got to to cast a Kassai versus Azalea game, didn't we? Which was cool. It was Um, was a sweet game. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil. Not... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that's that actually comes out on Thursday, um, so it's the first of March. Um, so, um, yeah, I believe you were going to throw it over to me after that, weren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. I was going to, cool. I was going to say I'm not going to spoil that match, but it was very, very close. It was definitely worth yeah. watching. Comes down to the wire. You should check it out yeah. when it comes out. It's fun. Definitely, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, but yeah, that comes out on the first of March. That's the the last match of the feature matches this week. Uh, but the first match actually dropped today, um, so that's um, pretty much my week and probably going to be my weeks in flesh and blood for the foreseeable future because it is an ongoing thing um, with not just gameplay videos but also like league report updates and sort of where the t- where people are at the table and all this because it's seven rounds of Swiss then a top eight, so it's going to be quite a lot of games to do. Um, and uh, if you guys are up for it, you know, you can cast some games. I can send you the videos and you can do it. We can, we can all do it potentially uh, if, if we get a moment. That'll be awesome uh, if, you want, if you want, if you guys want to do that. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, Have another drunk uh, Living Legends yeah. <laughs> cast. Um, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so a couple of games come out on Go Again Gaming this week. So we got Reinar versus Reinar, which came out today. That was the first one. It's been pretty well received and uh yeah it was a good game then tomorrow we've got well tuesday um when you're listening to this you would have seen uh kasai versus dromai so that's dm amada against mocha um or that's their their internet name so that's kasai versus dromai and then to when this drops there's also olympia versus phi so that's going to be out on the, uh, as of today when you're seeing this on the wednesday and then tomorrow when you're hearing this it will be the kasai v azalea game that me and kel did um so yeah the league ultimately means nothing to the winners um mm-hmm. so it's uh it's, it's a funny premise you know cc is normally like a very very high stakes event you know event and game style but you know this game uh and this league just really means absolutely nothing whatsoever so it's nice <laughs> to see that people just want to just want to get together and play cc for no stakes really um so yeah Good, good little initiative, I think, and uh, it's going to keep me very busy, which is something I actually was struggling with, was trying to find what I wanted to do with Flesh and Blood this year, and I think I found it in this, um, which which is good. And I've got another Azalea Cult episode coming up soon as well, which is going to be um, just like all about Azalea and the, the stuff that people collect for the character, um, and then tying that into why why that happens in flesh and blood because it's very hero centric we've heard it all before but it's just a nice chance for me to show off a lot of people's azalea cult swag basically um that's a great thing about this game right you just gravitate towards a certain hero you start collecting things for that hero artist proofs altars all the cold foils all the gold foils inside i didn't i didn't show off my print i have i have an azalea 
art art print too. Oh well. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, it, what's that? Which one's that? Uh, I mean, you're gonna see some anime figures because they're kind of in front of it, but it's the one right there. She's kind of behind. The oh anime yes, second shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's uh, That's I got that one really, really early on. Um, probably around I don't know, but before Tales of Aria came out. That's from Alexandra Malagina or something like that. I can't remember her name, the artist. But yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a nice one. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame the card itself isn't actually used because obviously it's a two for four with Go Again, isn't it? Really, it's a um, yeah, it's a yeah. Um, but. But yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much all I've been doing. Um, but it has kept me busy, which is which is nice. Um, so yeah, a couple of things that you can expect on Go Again Gaming on a regular basis now, which is good. Um, but yeah, apart from that, not much else really. Although when you tagged me in that Twitter post this week about the Olympia Nine O, oh, yeah. I was like, yes, let's have a look at this deck list. Yeah, and it's I... quite surprising. It's quite surprising actually. It's for us a hatchet. It's a hat. Olympia. Yeah, hat, Hatchet seen. Olympia. Yeah. I mean, that, that does make a little bit of sense, right? Because Olympia from uh, Heavy Hitters doesn't really have like a great signature weapon from that set. When you when you really right. kind of think about it, I, I know some people were thinking about doing like uh, Decimator Axe uh, Olympia and that kind of stuff, but Hatchet makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's a cool list. It has uh, Burdens of the Past in it, which I think is uh, pretty sweet. Um, and yeah. uh, I think I think Carol from LSS, he's one of the the devs from LSS, shared that, and I retweeted it, and I was like, "Yo, someone get asked this list." Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I appreciate that because yeah, seeing Burdens of the Past is like we haven't really seen that being played, but it's pretty cool because it just means that you know, especially in Olympia where you don't want people to block if they've used a sink below already, and then you play Burdens of the Past, I guess they can't use that sink below because they've already played it before. So I guess you can make sure that certain things hit and it's a blue block three which is great in this deck because obviously you want to be cracking gold and what's good for that blues um yeah so i, yeah. I think a lot of folks are also running in like that all you got these days in, in various lists and there's a lot of dreX yeah. kind of floating around so i like it and you know that's still one of my favorite cards from the set i i literally bought a full play set of foil versions of it uh because i i think it's such a sweet card it's also just a zero cost block three as well so i mean it's a sweet card um mm -hmm. big fan yeah yeah um yes yeah, so that was that was that was cool pretty cool to see um and uh, just going off the olympia the olympia train as well and what you said about decimated great axe that is the olympia that you would have seen yesterday when you're hearing this on the go again gaming olympia v5 it was olympia with decimated great axe um but yeah trying to keep up with Fi's output is is difficult in that sort of i, I mean, want to try and block everything is is quite hard that strategy this, this 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 olympia list looks like it's actually trying to be aggressive which i didn't think he would he would want to try and do uh based I mean, on what the the buzz has been about it i mean it it makes sense given that olympia has this kind of like sort of built-in draw power right so if you can get enough mm. gold and you can just kind of crack them all and get a bunch of floating resources and draw you know into your aggro cards i don't know it's it's it makes sense it seems cool i dig it yeah, uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean obviously well, it's so. good it went nine and oh so uh yeah yeah i'm de definitely going to be uh using that as a basis to play olympia just on like, online um and just you know see if i can get get to grips with what it's trying to do because i'm not really the person to try and work it out but this andre ryan obviously is because they went nine oh and got olympia living legend points you know which is which is great fair play to them i I honestly think a, a, a bit of it too is like I, I imagine his opponents 
vastly underestimated him. They're like, oh, yeah. he's Olympia, meme deck, easy win. And then they just get destroyed because they underestimated it. Um yeah. yeah, I think a lot of a lot of heroes have that capability, don't they? If if nobody knows what they actually do because they're not really established, I guess you can eke out some wins, and in this case, nine wins in a row. Um, but yeah, there's always that potential as well, isn't there? Which is good. Yeah, it's uh, it reminds me of just kind of like this overall feeling I've had with Flesh and Blood recently, where the game has transitioned for me. Like there was a point in time where I would buy so much of every set that I would have a full play set of every set and then I would build like multiple heroes and have a bunch of different decks and it's transitioned from that for me to more of a I'm just going to build the like the couple heroes that I like and just maintain that which is seems to be like the prevailing prevailing thought in flesh and blood going forward and um it allows situations like this to happen for both parties right right so if you if you are the olympia expert you're like i'm the olympia expert i know olympia through and through i can come in and like dominate because people think he's you know underpowered and then you yep. also have the people that he's playing against who are just like well i'm only gonna play this one hero because it's the only one hero that i play right um so i don't know it's it's, it's a interesting thing for flesh and blood um yeah, you, you, we Bill just talked about magic and some of the stuff I was uh, paying attention to this weekend was the Pro Tour was also happening at uh, uh, Chicago and uh, kind of a, a deck that everyone thought was a meme deck ended up winning, which I thought was kind of funny uh, as well. So um, it was like this vampire deck that everyone thought was like a joke. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I just think, I like to think about parallels between that kind of stuff. I think magic is a little bit more of a, f a flexible game, but um, whereas like... You know, if you're like, you can't really go all in, in in a single deck in Magic unless you're playing it in eternal format, is what I'm trying to say. Because Flesh yeah. and Blood is just an eternal game, more or less. Yeah. There's the Living Legend system, which makes it, you know, a little different. But, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my long-winded yeah, uh, way of saying. <laughs> yeah, a couple of tangents. But um, what is the main topic for today, Bill? Uh, the main topic for today, actually is just about the only interesting thing that has happened that at least I know about yeah. uh, in the past week, which is, I mean, pretty exciting, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, we got a new set spoiled, and mm. it is, I mean, something that I think a lot of people have been looking forward to for a long time. Uh, part the Mist Veil. Mm. Uh, so this was revealed at uh, Worlds? No, or, no, 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 this was no, just, it was just dropped. I just saw world premiere. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> just dropped uh, a couple days ago, and they announced the world premiere for that, alongside uh, the first calling in Japan. So it will be a world yes. premiere in Tokyo, plus calling Japan. So it's like, part of the Miss Veil, plus like Japanese localization news, because it will be the first set printed in the Japanese language. Yes, which I'm personally extremely excited about. <laughs> Me too. Um... And uh, both the calling and the um, world premiere event will be using both English and Japanese cards, which I think is really, really cool. Um, the event obviously is for the Japanese players because this is the first debut of Flesh and Blood in their language. So having all the cards available at the event in their language is good for the world premiere event. You will choose if you're playing English or Japanese, and then you will only play against players with that language. Which, once again, okay. I, I think is also very good because you're not forcing the Japanese people to have to read English cards. Um, 
because it's like once again like i said this is their event um for the calling it's a little bit different for the calling of the battle hardened it's a little bit different so for the calling uh and, and i think and I, bo- I do believe for the battle hardened you can choose for the sealed portion you can choose if you want english or japanese but there is no language segregation kind of deal like you're going to be playing against both languages right um mm-hmm. so you, you gotta you gotta learn the cards uh, and then for the top eight draft for both of them, they are in Japanese, period. Um, and this also makes a lot of cool. sense to me. Have the la- have the draft be in all one language, so it's uniform as you're passing around the packs. Um, and it being in Japanese also makes sense because, once again, this is their event, uh, you know, their their first premiere event in, in their language. So, um, yeah, if you're going to be there, if you're going to be competing at uh, the highest level, hey, you should probably learn the card. You should probably learn the cards. Hopefully they release like the full spoilers a little bit ahead, ahead of time or something, some way that people could look up the cards if they don't know what they do. But I think it's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, really, really pumped for this one, especially because the key, the key art that they uh, included in the Part of the uh reveal article as uh, a very familiar silver-haired illusionist. Uh, they are facing away from the camera, as it were, so can't really yep. tell who they are, but oh, come it on. appears to be the same. Yeah. That's, yeah. It, a lot of people were like, oh, it's Icelander. It's not Icelander. I'm dude, look at her hand. It's not Icelander, all right. It's like, Icelander. It's a mirror. That's what I said originally. Yeah, that's, it's a mirror. Oh, just, We've, oh sorry, go if ahead. You, yeah, I was going to say, if you, if, you look at the, if you look at her pose... Her pose very much looks like the Icelander Everfest pose. That's that that that's all my argument was. You know, it's got mm-hmm. the hat, the hands out, sort of hair back sort of situation. But yeah, it looks like everything is pointing towards the blue illusionist who we've seen on a few cards. Uh, I mean, you could the... say that the art is just a little blue, um, with uh, you know, yeah. Blue. I mean, it looks exactly like one of her cards. There's like the moon in the background. It's got like this magical blue wispy stuff um like that's yeah. that's what she does that's what she does it's, um uh, yeah very similar to the the illusionist that we saw in flicker trick as well as fractal replication um spears of surreality yeah. spears um of surreality. the chimera one she's in like a lot of yeah. a lot of art she's one of my favorite characters that hasn't been printed yet i love her so much like i literally work with emanuela crovius because i loved her art from spears of surreality so much and I have since she's helped me design my character, my original character villain, and she did a bunch of art for me. So, like, the whole reason I work with the, uh, this artist is because of this character from Flesh and Blood. Um, yeah. I, I Like I said, this is the most excited I've been for a new set since Outsiders. Um, and also it's like set in Mysteria, which is mm-hmm. the the second area like the second area that I wanted to visit the most. If Pitts is my number one, Mysteria is my number two, and they're like close, right? It's not a big gap. It's a pretty close gap. Um, so yeah, I am I am unbelievably excited for this set. Um, yeah. What do, what do you guys uh, think mean, before I get into my theories? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, me- mechanically, I'm not, I'm not stoked for how this affects Azalea because we're going to have three illusionists in the bloody in the bloody pool now which we have to fight against uh, which is just I, not fun i've heard people say that but we have like literally nine guardians so i think i think a third illusionist is fine um yeah true but yeah i'm not not looking not looking forward to facing yet another illusionist but i imagine this is going to be a lot different i i don't know how the mist and stuff is gonna is gonna sort of feature into it if they said if this is going to be talented or yes or it's not, talented they have 
Well, they haven't outright said it, but they did say, like, experience the talents of Mysteria. Like, they specifically said it in, like, the in the thing, in the art, or in the, oh, in no, the, in the little blurb. I'm, I'm, I'm reading the article now. It says, releasing on May, uh, May 31st, uh, part of this, well, m- marks the long-awaited arrival of a new talent unlike anything Wraith has seen before. Yeah. Okay, so I, I answered my own question just by looking at the article. So uh, don't, listen, I, don't listen to the podcast. Read, read stuff instead. That's what I say. <laughs> I, I do. I made, like, a 20-minute video kind of, like, breaking down this and my thoughts and giving some crackpot theories so at one point in the article it says um something along the lines of uh discover the the ancient talents of mysteria and that's plural they plural talents not the ancient mm-hmm. talent of mysteria they pluralize it so i think there's a a not zero chance that we get two talents like two parallel talents um Interesting. uh and I think it would make sense because last week we had Brian Gottlieb on the on the podcast and he really expressed the idea that they feel that six heroes is what they've kind of arrived at being the really, really good sweet spot for draftable sets. And we know this set is a draftable set. We know all three sets this year are draftable sets. Um, that has been said multiple times before. So this set is a draftable set. And given that, uh, what Brian said, it's a very likely six heroes. And given that, it's very likely three classes. And given that, I think it would make a ton of sense draft-wise if you have three classes, six heroes, and two talents, each hero from a class being one of the two talents. That way, in draft, you can stay open a little bit and draft talent cards at the start before you pick which class you're going to be playing. Um, and then you yeah. could also be open by drafting like uh, generic cards as well. Or you can just draft the, the, the specific class, right? The ninja only cards or the whatever only cards. Uh, it makes a ton of sense for draft. I think it it sounds really cool and really, really fun if they do that. Um, James has gone on record saying it's his favorite set and best design. Um, I love James, but he says that like every other set. So, so it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, see how much of that is, is true. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is actually their best set because they, they seem to be learning quite a bit from all of the, the stuff. Um, yeah, well, Brian said it in the last podcast, didn't he? You know, they're learning from everything that they do. And, you know, the fact that he feels like Outsiders was a million years ago is because of the lessons they've learned along the way so far. So hopefully this is everything that, you know, James is hyping it up to be with the fact that it's a favorite set. Um, yeah, very much looking forward to it. What do we think we're going to get then? Illusionist, what other classes do you reckon we right. might get in this? I have I have uh, receipts for this. So there is... Uh, so on the, so they released two articles, one of them in English and one of them in Japanese. And the Japanese article has... Let me pull it up real quick so I can, so I can read it out for y'all. Um, it has... If you translate it, it has like a little poem. Um, and the poem references... Uh, three things specifically. It references tigers, it references snakes, and it references the moon. Um, and let me see if I can pull up the article. Okay, here's the Japanese one. Part the misfail. Translate to English, please. Uh, page could not be translated. Nope. Translate to English, please. There we go. Okay. So here, here's uh, here's what it says. It says. For 10,000 years, our ancestors have walked the same path. Like a tiger ambushing its prey, I kept waiting. Like a snake hiding in murky water, I kept waiting. Like the moon waxing and waning, I kept waiting. Until now, the truth 
lies behind the fog. And so that is the little, that's a little blurb. And I think, and not just me, a lot of other people also think this, um, each of those lines corresponds to a class. I think the most obvious is tiger because we literally have a tiger archetype in Ninja. It is literally one of the core mechanics of the set net or of the, of the class. Now they keep making more tiger stuff. So ninja, bam, right there. Mysteria, tiger, yeah. ninja, makes sense. Next, a snake hiding in the murky water. Uh, assassin. This is assassin. What, what, what's a snake hiding? What's what's one of the key mechanics of assassin? Stealth. This is this screams assassin to me. Uzuri is yeah. also originally from Mysteria. There is a like a lore precedent for this. Um, and a snake is very assassiny. Um. Next, like the moon waxing and waning, uh, it's illusionist. Like we have Amira in the the splash art. We, she, there's a moon above her head. It's illusionist. So I I would be incredibly surprised if it's if it isn't Ninja Assassin illusionist uh, for this class for this set. Ninja Assassin illusionist with two talents. Uh, one t- a talent I would assume I'm guessing is like a more of an ancient talent because it says in the splash or it says in the little blurb our ancestors have walked the same path and I imagine that there'll be another another talent on top of that. Um, I think the obvious one for Mysteria would be like Mister something along that. Um, my my like lore brain um, suggestion would also be. Um, spirit or ancestral right so you can be like an ancestral ninja spirit ninja spirit assassin or something like that because if you look at a lot of the art for things related to mysteria you see a lot of like spirits in the mist like ghosts Uh, there's the like the spectral procession artwork with all of like the festival ghosts and there's a lot of like ghosty kind of kind of stuff that has to do with mysteria so um yeah, those are those are another, that's, that's kind of my spiel. Yeah, another thing as well. If you type in tiger into Fabrary, for instance, what you'll also see is things like key unleashed, uh, predatory streak. These things that um, the monks or the ninjas or whatever they are, they're you know they're punching things. There's like a load of spirit wolves on predatory streak in key unleashed. There's like a tiger coming, a tiger key blast coming out of the lady's leg. You know, there's a couple of key things as well. So that could be. Uh, or uh, however you pronounce it, I don't know. It's QI. I think it's key, uh, but it's like the force yeah. of the what the monks use um, mm-hmm. in a lot of things, like flex claws as key blasts and stuff like in that as well. Um, and on Crouching Tiger, there's a mechanic on Crouching Tiger which says Emferial. I don't know how you pronounce that, but if so, oh, if, if ephemeral, oh, ephemeral. That's it. Yeah. So I imagine that could also be in this set because if it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, instead it would cease to exist. I think that's a cool thing that they could probably that would be a cool mechanic for like a spirit kind of thing right i don't know cool (laughs) me like it'd be kind of a it'd also be kind of a cool way to do allies uh so instead of having your opponent having to attack them or something maybe they just come onto the field for like one turn and then they disappear or something like i don't know i i think it could be cool i think there could be a lot of cool stuff and um yeah I'm, i'm pretty sold on those three classes being in the set i think illusionist is obvious we have a mirror in the art we have the the moon like i think it's pretty pretty obvious and then a, a tiger ninja duh and then once again like i said assassin for the for the the other one makes so much sense snake hiding 
like literally stealth like i think not just assassin i think we're going to be more stealth stuff from assassin um so somebody was trolling somebody was trolling and saying oh that snake in the grass or whatever is riptide um, <laughs> yeah right no no i don't think well actually probably not probably not but i was gonna be like I mean, riptide might if, if uzuri is in the set i think riptide could be in like the art of of the set because he's part oh, of her course. crew um yeah, of course uzuri's from there right yeah Originally. like she literally has a mysterian border for her young side um yeah. and her her family is from there um Got and she's happen. She's kind of like one of the lead, the the ringleaders for the spider. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a snake guild, like a snake assassin guild. Like you have the spider. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a snake guild. They even say snake. Um, lore wise, I think this seems like a, a a continuation of outsiders because we had ninjas and assassins and outsiders, and I think we might have a continuation here, and hopefully we'll get some new ninjas, uh, not just Benji and Katsu again. Um, I'm hoping, okay, actually, you know what? Let's go for this. I think this could be a good discussion point. What are you guys hoping we get? I hope we get a new Ira or confirmation of whatever happened to Ira. I know there's a lot of tinfoil hats theories on what, what happened to Ira, whether or not she's a current character or a character from the past. Um, I hope we get an update on what the sitch with Ira is. I hope we get assassin and i hope we get either a new uzuri i can see them reprinting her actually but i hope we get a new uzuri and a new like talented assassin because we literally don't have a talented assassin in the entire game um and then for illusionist i mean if it's amira i'm, I'm happy she's the character that i've wanted the most so um yeah. amira please i don't even care um like how good she is she's just cool and i've been waiting for her to appear in the game so i can commission livia prima to draw the third illusionist because i have her in the back i let me see if people can see oh you can't really see the lights are too bright uh i have dromai and i have prism both drawn by livia prima so i would like to commission her to draw amira as well um so those are my yeah. hopes what, what do you guys think what do you reckon bill i the only one that I care about is Amira. I just want there to be a cool Blue Matters illusionist so that all these um, these ghostly touches that I bought can be worth something <laughs> finally. <laughs> or that I pulled, rather, can be worth something finally. Yeah. I have like I have like five copies of Ghostly Touch. Um, but also, as people know, I love illusionists. Uh, I love weird illusionists that care about attacking and uh, ghostly touch you know, uh, cares about your stuff getting popped, which means that you're likely attacking with them. Uh, and I think that that would work out really well. That might also mean that we just get more uh, pump spells that turn your things into illusionist things that give them phantasm. Uh, I think this this set has the potential to be extremely influential for my aggro prism deck, uh, and it might change from prism, uh, although it's Kind of unlikely because I kind of need a Luminaris for it to happen, but it'll probably add some cool pieces. <laughs> yeah. um, that's my that's my main want from the set. Uh, everything else is secondary. I just need cool illusionists. <laughs> Absolutely, we, we we want to see that deck flourish because that's a fun <clears throat> deck to 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 look to you know to play against at least and to to, to see you pilot. It. I know you have so much joy in it, oh. so. Uh... 
It's all it's so pure. <laughs> Every time I, I double fractal replication somebody, uh, I Isaac. I just I, I send. <laughs> I have to read I have to read what that card does. Like, wait, what does this do again? Oh, people get so confused, and then I'm like, and every time I'm about to play it or I play it, I'll be like, okay, I um, uh, transmogrify into snatch into fracture replication. And they'll look at it for a second. I'll be like, okay, so it cares about base power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Amazing. That's what I need. I just need more copies of transmogrify. Um, that, that's that's what I want. I mean, we haven't had like a main set illusionist stuff since uprising and let's be honest that was mostly just dromai dragony stuff like there was like a couple like generic illusionist stuff but it was mostly dromai i mean uprising was a very like sequestered set people say like ninja but it was like there's it was mostly just like fi stuff right there was a couple things here and there you know like your double strike or whatever um but yeah that was like very like a draconic set um yeah so Another thing, another thing we saw recently was obviously you mentioned it earlier. I think it was Bill mentioned it. Flicker Trick is obviously uh, a card that you know has a mirror on it, and it's got a ninja esque looking character in there as well. But another thing is is that obviously this Flicker Trick is an illusionist defense reaction, so maybe it could be like a defensive illusionist. And this Mirage keyword is the only time I think we've seen Mirage. Yeah. And that again, that again goes in with the whole sort of the veil being lifted or whatever it is. I think there's a bit of a law somewhere which says that the veil between the worlds is getting thinner or whatever. And that's like spirits. a mirage. Right? Spirits. Spirit. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I just want to see what, what weird and wonderful mechanics that, that come out of this set. But I think there's a couple of hints as to what it could be like the ephemeral and mirage are quite similar <laughs> like in flavor. So we could see more of those. I don't know, but I mean, yeah, it should be, should be fun. Here's the most tepid take of all time. I think it might end up being one of the most beautiful flesh and blood sets ever made. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of the art from Mysteria that we've seen, both lore-wise and on cards, are like like some of the most beautiful art in the entire game. Um, I think it's going to really yeah. give... I think it's going to give Tales of Aria a run for its money, is what I'm saying. So... Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, think, uh, look at the splash uh, art and imagine the splash art in foil. I mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that art as well. Beautiful. The key art reminds me of um, uh, if you played Final Fantasy X, it reminds me of the Far Plane. When you go to the Far Plane, it's got that similar sort of vibe. Um, but yeah, it's just a beautiful piece of art. really is. Um, but yeah, I bet that would look great in foil, as you said. Like with the moon could be all foil and some of the glittering in the, in the water and stuff. Yeah, it'll be well nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I think this is the set that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, since outsiders and, um, I, that's good for me. That's, that's really good for me, obviously, but I'll, I'll be like a hundred percent. And I think this is pretty apparent to anyone who listens to the living legends podcast regularly, like bright lights and dust till dawn. I was just like, eh, like they're flesh and blood sets. I like, I like flesh and blood. I like seeing new flesh and blood sets, but I, I wasn't like super excited about them, especially coming out of outsiders where I loved everything about that set. Still my favorite set. And Dust Till Dawn, angels are cool. I spoiled the demon. Demons are cool. But it's like, I didn't rush out to build those decks. And I'll be honest, I don't even remember, like, any of the, the commons and rares from that set. And, and most of the majestics I don't remember. Um, and then Bright Lights, cool concept. I like mech, but it's not my favorite. Probably not even my top 
five classes for flesh and blood still really cool though did a cool thing but that was just all mech and i uh, was just kind of like yeah this is fun to play a little bit now i'm done um and then heavy hitters uh similar kind of vibe i think it's cool but it's just not my favorite you know um out of all the three classes in that set warrior would probably be in my top five but it's like still it's just like yeah this is cool i like flesh and blood so i like this set it's fun to, to play limited with um but outside of Kasai and maybe KO, I'm not really like, you know, breaking the bank to go build another $600 deck or, or whatever. Um, yeah. But Parthamis Vale, new illusionist lady who's one of my favorite characters of all time, maybe, and new maybe uh, assassin stuff. And hey, I like Ninja too. Um, yeah. I, I'm so, and also the setting, like I said, Mysteria. I love it. Obviously, I would love the, you know, asian inspired set um but yeah i'm I'm really i'm looking forward to it man i'm looking forward to it so much there's so so much cool like mysterious stuff going on in mysteria like just think about some of like the coolest art in flesh and blood uh like um uh mask of momentum right or Mm -hmm. just kind of like some of the 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 cool ninja art with like the, the floating dojo thing like there's just some some cool stuff they got going on um and i'm looking forward to it yeah 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 should be good um i mean uh with regards to with regards to that what other things do you think what other things do you think we're gonna get from that aside from the aside from like the illusionist ninja you know the, the obviously the classes we think we're going to get do you think we're going to get any like side like obviously we had the crack shuffle play we had the arena um, death match stuff do you reckon we might get something like that as well or have they confirmed anything like that starter sure decks have. uh blitz starter decks are 100 confirmed so we will be yeah. getting blitz starter decks they will actually be releasing prior to the set uh in japanese to help teach the japanese audience i can't remember exactly what they called it but they're releasing it as kind of like a release you know, pre-release window thing to help uh, the Japanese uh, market. So they will be released at least earlier in J- in Japan. Um, it says it in the it says it in the article. Um, so we we know we do know that. So we'll have starter decks, but starter decks. Um, outside of that, I don't know. Probably not. But who knows? We'll, we'll see. We we did hear hints that uh, they would be releasing some other. Uh, interesting stuff this year that they, I believe James mentioned it at world. So, I mean, this would be a good time to do so. So I wouldn't be surprised if they released some sort of like supplemental product, like uh, maybe a return to classic battles or something. I mean, like it would make a lot of sense in, in the truest like sense of the name doing like a classic battles, like Ira versus something, right? Like a new Ira versus like an illusionist or like an assassin dude. Okay. I mean, this is just me showing bias between the two classes and stuff, but flavor wise and just kind of like vibe wise from the set, like an assassin versus ninja rival classic battles is like the coolest thing I can think of. Like an Ira versus another like assassin, like, and they're like rival clans or something that would be the coolest. That would be the coolest thing. Yeah. That's what, I would, I would, I would do that if I was making the game. That's what I would do. Um, yeah, yeah. Give give Ira like a new card because she was like the first hero. Give her like a cool thing. I don't know. That seems cool to me. 
Yeah, that's another, that's another thing they didn't really deliver well on was the classic battles, I feel. So maybe they can do or improve on that to a certain degree because I feel that was, a bit, that was a bit tepid, wasn't it, when that came out? Yeah, I mean, like, especially when you compare its price point to price point of other products on the market. That was, For me, it was mostly the price point. I think if the classic battles was like 30 bucks or something, that would have been like, sweet, you know? But it, it was yeah. like 50, wasn't it? Like 50 or 60? Um, yeah. And for 50 bucks, man, that's... You can just buy like a brand new board game for that. Um, that doesn't have like titanium baubles <laughs> in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not knocking the titanium baubles. I, I get that they were there to help teach people how to play. But mm-hmm. do you want to spend $50 on a product that teaches you how to play? I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think that the Blitz decks are... Uh, currently in a much better state yes i know that the classic battles were supposed to be like a step up from that like a little bit more complicated um but it did also feel bad that um you know there were cards that were exclusive to those i know that that sort of helps to push the sales of them it's but they did it in a they 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 tried to like eat like have their cake and eat it too, right? They're like, it's a starter deck product, but we're also going to put like must have staples in the starter deck product, and we're gonna charge you fifty bucks for it. So it's like, I don't know. Just yeah. pick and choose. Why don't you just? Why, you could have just made a not starter deck product, made made like a a mid level or a high level tier product with like cool majestic reprints, and then maybe a one off card or in it, and that way. People who have already learned how to play with like the Ira decks or the Blitz decks could be like, oh, this is my jumping point into like competitive flesh and blood, right? Yeah, because like the the thing about having the uh, the like good cards, especially at a one of in the set, means that all the people who want this card for competitive purposes now have to buy three. And so that's three of these yeah. products that are off the shelves and not getting into the hands of new players that want to learn how to play the game. Yeah. So it's it it inherently cannibalizes its itself in terms of supply um so i i hope that there's a way for them to continue to make it a a good product that won't just sit around on shelves without taking it out of the hands of the players that they're kind of designing it for um that's kind of the the, the main concern i have because right now the blitz decks are i think phenomenal ways for players to start the game Agreed. they're cheap they are widely available and they are good. <laughs> yeah, the Blitz decks are fantastic. My only critique of the Blitz decks, and this is not their intent, so it's a critique that is basically just saying this is what they're not, right? They're not competitive in the slightest degree at all. Like, they have literally no Majestics. That's just all basically what basically what I would call, like, bulk, right? Uh, they did print those, like, extended art cards to make them kind of a little bit more flashy, but at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of bulk cards. Um and so they're really good to learn to play. They're really balanced and they play really, really well together. Brian Gottlieb has done a, a, a fantastic job on them. Uh, for that purposes, I think it's like slam dunk. But what they don't do is they don't provide you an avenue to play competitive flesh and blood. Because after you get your blitz decks, go buy singles. Because the, there's none, there's no cards in the blitz deck you're going to use in your competitive right. CC deck. Like maybe if they put like sink below or something, but they, they don't typically... I haven't looked at the I haven't looked at the heavy hitters once. If if Sink Below's in the heavy hitters decks, I I I you know. Cool. Like good on that. But um it's so one of the things I think uh Round the Table did great. Round the Table put uh, majestic playsets. Like um 
mm-hmm. one of the decks had the the melody deck had two cokes commotion in it like that's yeah. awesome it had a crazy brew in it not two just one but that makes sense for the deck you only needed one um yeah so like I think a way to make these good for players as well as not necessarily like as sort of I don't want to say they're they're not as um, like enticing, but something that sort of what helps for the flipper aspect of it, like with classic battles where people would exclusively buy them just to get like glistening steel blade. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I think there were maybe a couple others that were maybe worth some money, but mostly glistening steel blade. They should do things. Uh, there was a magic um, sort of product for a while. I know what you're going to say. They would have it would just be like a modern legal deck. Yes. That was just good. And it would have like one of like a, a shock land or fetch land or something. Yes. OK. Like you the, could have a deck that has the, like one of enlightened strike. We're on the same wavelength. OK, so I was yeah. actually I was going to bring up the modern event deck, I think is what it was called yeah, or so, something like that. And so the modern one, I wanted to bring this up because I think this is definitely a straw man argument, but I think a lot of people would be like, oh, it's just going to kill the value of the the Majestic you put in. No. You know what was in the modern event deck? Sword of Feast and Famine. Go look up the price of Sword and Feast and Famine right now, and you'll see that it is still a very, very valuable card. Um, And it was in that modern event deck. I I think a one of in it, but I know because that's the version that I play in my SRAM deck. Um, And it's still like a... card is still... $50 Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So if they put like a command and conquer in it, sure. Command and conquer will go down in price for a little bit, but as the product, you know, goes out of print, it'll go back up. Um, And if they put like a different art in it, Hey, maybe it'll be, uh, maybe it'll make the old one worth more. Maybe it'll make this new one worth more. Like what, who knows? But either way, I think it's a win for everyone. So, I mean, unless you you specifically want to flip your command and conquers, like, right when it launches maybe it's not good for you but yeah i think it's uh it's it's an interesting line to walk because if you start to put things that are worth too much in them then you still have the flipper problem like if you just put like spring tunics in them then people buy them until the price sort of evens out and tunics are now worth thirty dollars it depends on the it depends on the price of the product too because i think the modern deck i think it was pretty pricey i think it was 50 bucks right It was like 50 or 60 bucks when it came out so I think that prevented a lot of folks from like buying it and flipping it, if I remember right, because like you wouldn't get a lot of value out of doing that. Because um, mm-hmm. I think at the time, I think the sword was maybe like a $20 card. And I think it also came with a, a shocker fetch and a couple other stuff. I think the value was like pretty close to the MSRP, um, like the market value. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I don't remember it being too too big of a problem. Um, but... I mean, it's not just Magic 2. Other games are doing this as well. Um, like, for Shadowverse Evolve, in the Japanese release, they're releasing a a, competitive, a pre-constructed deck designed to get you immediately into competitive. Um, and it comes with a full playset of one of the best cards in the game. It comes with a full playset of Forte, which I think she's like a $20 or $30 card. Full playset. And she is a card that came out in the first set. And this deck... I think they're selling it for 20 or 30 us dollars comes with a full play set of a 20 dollars card um like you can do this like it's it's not unheard of that games be generous in, the, in this way so i think flesh and blood could do this it would be awesome to see them do this and i think it would help lower barrier of entry quite quite a bit um 
I I genuinely think they should do this for um in some capacity for cards that are I think a little bit too uh, a little bit too expensive. Mostly the ones that I'm thinking of are Command and Conquer and Spring Tunic. Although the value of the reprint Spring Tunics are significantly lower than the they were sort of pre reprint, which is something that I'm stoked to see genuinely. I, I think I sold my Bright Lights Tunic for like sixty bucks to like a to like a viewer. I was like, yeah, they they were yeah. they, they might have climbed back up, wow. but the, the prices were going down, and I was just like, you know what? While they're down at this price, um, I feel very happy selling the card at at this low price to to someone who's a viewer. So I'm just like, who wants this on Twitter? And someone yeah. snapped it up. So no, yeah. I uh, bought a collection off of one of my friends, Jan from the Spike Feeders. Uh, I bought his collection a little while ago, and it came with two Krunix. Um and I was able to, uh, we haven't made the exchange yet, but we've confirmed it because it happened when I was in Chicago um, for uh, selling one for 90 Canadian, which is significantly lower than the like 300 that they were previously. Because um, I'm pretty sure wow. I sold one to another local back when I think it was, I think it was when just the Welcome Ooh. to Wraith version exists. I think it was before the first reprint. Um, oh, interesting. In, okay. I'm sorry, Bill. It's called. Oh no, because Krunik existed already. So there was a regular Welcome to Wraith and um, and Crew, and it was like maybe a year or two after that, or not not that far. It was a while after that, but before the first the second reprint. And I yeah, I'm pretty sure I sold it for 300 Canadian dollars, uh, and it was just like a regular Welcome to Wraith one, uh, which felt kind of disgusting at the time. So yeah, yeah. so I'm I'm glad they're going down because it it should like. It is an expensive piece, and that's okay to have in a card game, having like a one of that you can strive for that just goes generically in every deck. But having it be 300 Canadian dollars is so much money. Like, yeah, it's, it's it is. too much. I mean, it is. And uh, it, Flesh and Blood is not the only culprit here. I, I've seen the prices of Shale Dread, and people need four oh, of yeah. those. That's like yeah. 400 bucks or more. Shale Dread's worth a lot. Um, yeah. And I would like to note. Uh, tunic has been reprint has been printed four times now there there's only there's less than 15 flesh and blood sets and tunic has been printed four times uh there's the original set there's the the reprint set uh, history pack and then it's also been printed in crucible and bright lights um currently uh the cheapest tunic you can get on tcg player is 78.99 and it is a krunik oddly enough the bright lights one is worth a couple dollars more about $84. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, but it's worth like $5 more for some reason. Um, the white border one is also worth like 82 bucks uh, more than the more than the Krunik. Um, and then the rainbow foil one uh, lowest listing price is 140 ish, 137. I'm going to click on I'm going to click on this the Krunik and make sure the there's nothing wrong with the sell. No, yeah. Near mint unlimited 78.99. Yeah, it is what it is. Um I was making sure it wasn't damaged or something like that. Um, so, uh, yeah. Tunic. Tunic's a good one. Uh, Command and Conquer. You know what? Let's look at Command and Conquer. That, that's one that has not seen as many printings. Yeah, in fact, I think it's it only been reprinted once. To, I mean, technically twice as a fabled, but I would not count that. That's not real. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it's only been reprinted once, in my opinion. The fabled one is... The, yeah. the, the, the $700 version does not count, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So CNC is still like a hundred dollar card. Uh, it's a lowest price for the black border version is ninety eight ninety nine, and then the white border version is about ten dollars cheaper, eighty eight ninety or eighty eight eighty nine. So 
Is that English English only, or is that foreign as well? I'm only looking at uh, the English versions on TCG Player. I have no idea how much the um, other versions are. Okay. Which would, which they would also be history pack versions because we don't have actual Arcane Rising printed in other languages. Um, yeah, I imagine uh, probably probably pretty close in price to the uh, history pack version, or maybe even more depending on the language. To be honest, um, yeah, because that's, that's that's where all of my CNCs have come from. Opening uh, black uh, black border history packs, either Spanish or German. That's where all of mine have come from. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I, and then I think I think you gave me one too, right? I gave you a command. I gave you a Easter egg. That's right. Yeah, I still have yeah. that. Obviously, uh, I I have just opened up so much of the first two flesh and blood sets. Welcome to Wraith and uh, Arcane Rising. I think I've literally opened up over a hundred boxes of both sets. So I have I've not ever purchased. This card, I've only ever opened it. So I, I have like probably about nine Command and Conquers. Three of them are foil uh, unlimited and three of them are first edition, not foil. And same for same for E-Strike. I literally just opened up. I have so many. Well, I don't have so many anymore. I've, I gave one to Az and I've kind of spread spread, spread the, the luck around a little bit, giving them to friends and um, all that kind of good stuff. But I still have like nine or ten e-strikes three of them are alpha i think i only have two rainbow foil versions but it's just what happens when you open up like an ungodly amount of boxes oh, yeah. not all at once Very mind you all. it was just like i'll open up some and then i'll be like i kind of want to buy some more flesh and blood and then i'll buy like two cases here and two cases there and just adds up I'm just looking at these uh, the foreign cards now. I say foreign, but you know, uh, non-English basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, uh, there's a French CNC on Card Market, which is basically the EU equivalent of TCG Player, uh, being sold by an individual individual sellers. It's like a, con- a conglomeration of like individual sellers um, at forty nine euros for a German one. So conversion uh, rate that's yeah. that's a little bit more. So it's like what fifty or sixty bucks or something like that. Yeah, yeah, forty nine euro. It's currently forty nine euro is fifty three thirteen okay. USD. Yeah, um, uh, which because of Canadian is seventy two Canadian dollars. So is that bad Oof. or good? Uh, it is better than uh most of the other prices that we could find CNCs for. <laughs> yeah, and, and then wow. Easter eggs on TCG Player are about thirty four dollars. Uh, Black oh, Border is thirty four. History Pack is thirty three. Uh, then. So I mean, like that's not too bad, but I mean, like the fact that you need three of them is like there. That's like a hundred dollars right there for your deck. So hundred dollars for there. If you need CNCs as well, it's another three hundred dollars. So that's four hundred dollars just for your CNCs and your E strikes. Then you slap in your tunic, which is another like uh, eighty bucks. So there's uh, four hundred and eighty dollars just for those cards alone. Now you're gonna have to get all of the others. You know, like it adds up quite a bit. Um, not well, every deck. Sure you just get, not every deck runs just make them. Make sure you but, get your. Your your German e strikes your L your Elrichter schlags for eighteen euro. I, hey, I I have a I have a full playset of those. I have a full playset of the schlags. The schlags, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got those in person. I traded for those in person with uh, uh, the dude from White Bat. At, oh, Heiner. Yeah. Heiner yeah. at Worlds. Yeah. I opened yeah. up. I opened up a. Um, was it I an I? I have a Fidia? Yeah, he was like, here, you can open up a box of uh, of History Pack. And I was opening up the box of History Pack, and I opened up 
uh, E-Strike, and I'm like, oh, sweet, E-Strike, uh, Schlag. And then I op- I was like, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to open up anything better. And then I open up an eye, and he was, like, stoked. And I'm like, I jokingly said, hey, can I have the eye? And he's like, no. And I'm like, can I have the E-Strike? And he's like, yeah, you can have that. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so he gave, me, he gave me the E-Strike for, op- for opening the eye. <laughs> and those moments as well, those moments are forever eternalized on both your, yours and my vlogs for well yeah, yeah. that moment. So... Yep, yep. Times. That was good. Yeah. Good well, old, good old eye. Didn't think this would descend into a Living Legends finance corner, but hey ho, that's slow, slow news week. That's what happens. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we had a new set release. Holy boosh! I have a Fidia still like a three hundred and fifty dollar card. All right, let me look up. Oh yeah. Let me look up a heart. I, I have no idea. So this is how much I, I really don't pay attention to finance. Uh, I actually don't know how much these cards are worth, even though I I, I own them. Ooh, heart's still like 300 bucks. Eyes, not that much more. It, they're pretty close. Wow. Um, yeah. Arknight Shard. I'm just not just do want to get an eye of video, but. Arknight Shard. Arknight Shard's 280. Dude, eyes. I splur. So I, I. Luckily, I opened up tons and tons of Command and Conquers and, um, and, and whatnot. I've actually opened up three or four hearts. I have not opened a single eye. My pull rate on on the the fabled for Arcane Rising is awful. Like I mentioned, I've opened up over 100 boxes. Well over 100 boxes. Never opened up an eye. Um I have opened up an Arcanite shard though, which was cool. Um but uh yeah, no eyes. So I I I bought an eye from someone and I picked it up in person at uh was it Worlds or so I picked it up, you know, from someone. I think they sold it to me at a pretty good price. 250, 220, something like that. But that sounds funny. I bought an eye from someone and I went and go and collected it from someone. <laughs> hey, I didn't want that bought getting chipped in the mail. Eye. I didn't want to getting damaged yeah. in the mail, right? Yeah. I to think of Eye is so good for Rangers. It's so good for Rangers. Eye is super good for Rangers and for Wizards. Um yeah. Because it's uh, blue that uh, fixes the top of your deck. Hello, Kano. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's kind of nuts for Kano. But like, you pitch it for your death dealer and then you do your scry trigger first and then you can, or your opt trigger first and you can opt to see which card you draw. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. The, uh, I'm trying to think of the fables that I've pulled because I've actually had pretty good fable luck. I think I've pulled either two or three hearts. Uh, I've pulled one eye maybe two one eye for sure uh arcanite shard arcanite shard was the first fabled i ever pulled before i knew what fables were um i bought a box each of uh welcome to wraith arcane rising and crew from one of my local game stores and in that set of three i pulled a tunic from the welcome to wraith box and i pulled uh arcanite shard from the (laughs) box it was an amazing day my tunic (laughs) luck is not great either I, I have op- I have pulled a couple tunics, but given the fact I've opened up, you know, hundreds of boxes and I've only opened up like two or three tunics, the, the pull rate's not good compared to like yeah. the the five, you know, uh, tech plates that I've opened and the the scab skin leathers. I've opened a lot of scabbies. Oh my God. Um, I've opened so many. Uh, I've opened so many Brave Forge Bracers. At one point, I had like seven copies of yeah. Brave Forge Bracers that I had just pulled. It was the only legendary that I could pull from Welcome to Wraith for the longest time. Um, yeah, I think I've pulled maybe five tunics. I think three of them, maybe two of them were Rainbow Foil. Uh, I've pulled one from Crew, one from Bright Lights. I've um, I've opened personally 
three or four, something like that. But like one, I'm trying to think now. I think I opened up one from History Pack on stream for, it, I think it was part of, um, or was it from, it was from Crew. I opened it as part of a Go Bananas. Um, mm. uh, oh, wow. And That's then... Sick. And then I opened up my cold foil one from the first box I bought off of eBay uh, back when Flesh and Butt Alpha boxes were selling for $60 on eBay because um, no one knew knew what the gamer played. At the time, it was like worth $200, two or $300. And I got really excited and texted Robin like, oh, but I have a $300 card. <laughs> it's worth a little bit more than that these days. Um, a little bit. <laughs> I still have it. That that's I still have that and a full set of the Arcane Rising cold foil legendaries. Um yep. They're a nice little nest egg. I, I joke with Robin. I'm like, hey, maybe when this card's worth $100,000, we'll, you can go put a down payment on a house. I could sell it and go put a down payment. Go sell it to Saint or something or someone. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I've pulled, uh, the first cold foil, uh, fabled I ever pulled was, uh, Corsham. Then I also pulled an illusion, or not an illusion of grandeur. That's a Magic the Gathering card. Um, uh, Grandeur of Valhai. Growlin Grandeur of Valhai. I pulled a cold foil of one of those. Uh I've pulled a rainbow foil light of soul, a rainbow foil um blood of the Drakai, and then I think that's it for the fables that I've pulled. Um, um cuz I've never pulled a library. Uh I had to buy mine. Uh and then never I haven't pulled the CNC because they don't exist. Uh yeah. and I haven't pulled what were some of the other ones? I haven't pulled a Master Cog, and I haven't pulled a Deathmatch Arena. Um, yeah, mine's That's almost it. the same. I've pulled all of them. I can tell you ones I haven't. No Eye. Um, no Master Cog. No Arena. Um, I think I've pulled the rest, though. I might, I might be forgetting one. I pulled so many Light of Souls, though, dude. I think I pulled, like, four or five Light of Souls, one Cold Foil and a bunch of Rainbow Foils. Like, they just, oh, yeah. they just kept popping out. Yeah. We all got them, didn't we? Dust was on. Yeah. I pulled, I pulled uh, two or three Plague Hives, sold, sold them down to one Rainbow Foil, got the Rainbow Foil one signed by Mark Poole, and then I bought a Cold Foil one from uh, FabTCG Cards. Um I don't think of maybe maybe I also have missed Plague Hive. I don't think I've I've pulled it. Oh, that's the did, best has, one. Did you pull Plague Hive? <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, I thought you did in uh, did. in our box opening stream. Maybe I'm thinking of different set. No, I, uh, I I pulled the Blood of Drakai. I think on our stream that we did. That's what it was. I think that's like the yeah. cheapest. I think that's the cheapest the, fabled too. The, the Garbo one. Yeah. But uh, I wanted maybe, to maybe someday. So maybe someday it'll be good. I looked up. I looked up cold foil tunics. The cheapest one on TCG player is six thousand dollars. Yeah. There's only three, and it's they're they're like two of the listings are from like game stores and retailers that flesh and blood players will know. The first one is Realm Games has their listed for six thousand one hundred, and then the the second one is Magnolia Gaming, and they have their listed oh, yeah. for six thousand nine hundred. And then some crazy person has one list listed for fifteen grand, bro. If there's like two six thousands, no one's gonna buy your fifteen grand one. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Now I'm curious on the blood, blood of the Drakai. Blood of the Drakai. I actually have uh, like a metal print of this from Steve. 
$25. Blood of the Durkai. I thought, I thought it would be like 40 but nope. 25 bucks. For Rainbow Foil. For Rainbow Foil. It like reduces the cost of your stuff. I remember people thinking this card was going to be like insanely busted. They're like, oh, so broken. Well, um, technically, it adds four resources. Technically. <laughs> most of the time, it does nothing. <laughs> like Most of the time, it doesn't pitch for anything, really. Yeah, it pitches uh, for one red. <laughs> yeah, what it does is, uh, by the way, for if you don't know what the Blood of the Drakai does, and I don't blame you for not knowing, um, it is... It's a Draconic Resource Gem, so you can only use it in a Draconic deck anyway. And it says, when you pitch the Blood of the Drakai, the next three Draconic cards you play this turn cost one less. And it's a red pitch card, so you get one resource, and the next three Draconic cards cost one less. I think the problem is that it's really hard to string together three other Draconic cards in addition to the Blood of the Drakai. Like, yeah. even even like Magical Christmas be. Land, it's not that great. In, in Magical Christmas yeah. Land, this is basically like a blue like any blue pitch card <laughs> you like yeah you like almost need like a five card hand for it to be good yeah um it like for it to be reasonable so because like it's unfortunate but it, in theory you also need those draconic cards to at least cost one to get value out of it and a lot of the draconic cards i can think of cost zero that are good that people play you have your blaze hedgehog you have like your um your one drop drop dragons like you have your zero drop dragons um there's not a lot that like this this works with. And like if you're just doing one dragon, if you're doing like Blood of the Dark into like Draconic Optimi, that's only it, it's only like a two. It's only, it only makes like two resources. You might as well just have a blue anyway. It's technically a red though, so it counts for red stuff. But yeah, there's a reason why no one except for me plays with this card. Uh, I, I like it because it's well, jank. So like yeah, it's like the same as some similar thing to uh, more another uprising car, which which I thought was going to be absolutely outrageous when it first came out, and that was Phoenix form, right? If you control oh. three oh, or more yeah. Phoenix flames when it hits, they draw three cards. That's like cost nothing to play. I thought that was going to be insane, but we never saw that in Fidex, did we? Phoenix um, form. We mm, I maybe got to do it one time. <laughs> one time I got to do yeah. the thing one time, and it got fully blocked. And I did not draw cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it that's, like, that's the thing. Like incredible... block it out. Yeah. Seems yeah. like a great chain ender. Mm -hmm. Great chain ender. They've got no cards in hand after you've hit them many times. But It's it's yeah. the same problem that um, Whirling Mist Blossom has. Block me. Yeah. Yeah, it's just card, like, it? oh, I'm going to do my thing. I've set it all up. I'm going to draw some cards. And they're just like, yeah, block it. And you're like, oh. Block it with equipment or something. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe if you have like a sweet attack reaction or something to like push it over the top. So the best, the best I've ever had was I was playing against someone on stream. It might have been against Ian. I was playing with a ninja deck. It might have been, it might have been Ira. And it, no, it was definitely Ira because I attacked with Whirling Mist Blossom, uh, and I had one card in hand. Um, and he did a, a just a two block on it. Right, he just did two block. And he's like, he's like, I guess if you have it, you have it. And then I played from hand Ancestral Empowerment, drawing three cards, you know, one from the Empowerment, two from the Unhit. Um, wow. Oh, that was like the best. That was the best feeling. I just an Ancestraled him and also hit him, dealt him one damage. Oh, so yeah, good. That uh, the, the, my version of that, which I think I've told the story before, but I still love it, is when I was playing Benji right after Everfest came out. So oh, you have Benji. access to uh, Spring Tidings. 
and I was playing against our uh, local warrior player who is no longer local. He moved away uh, somewhere else, but is still keeping the flesh and blood spirit alive. Shout out Dana. Um, but uh, unfortunately for Dana, uh, he did not have very many reps playing against Benji. So did not know how to use his equipment effectively. Oh, no. Um, and that is just a fact he has learned since, but it was very, very fresh. Hadn't played against Benji. And uh, I think if I remember correctly, the math was I was able to draw 15 cards uh, because I went double. Uh, I was able to go like four cards into Spring Tidings, uh, draw five, and then a couple more attacks into another Spring Tidings, draw 10. <laughs> oh, my God. That's disgusting. You know, deck yourself while well, you're going to kill your opponent because they have yeah, no cards. So it's just almost. like, yeah, they, they just die. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, now I get to play all the other cards in my hand, uh, basically for free. <laughs> yeah, because they'll have like they're all probably like zero cost go again, and they probably all zero cost. I, I have can't... a single blue, and it casts the rest of my the rest of my attacks. <laughs> yep, probably all can't be blocked because you're doing Benji stuff because they probably attack for two or whatever. Yep. Yeah, that was like the one and only time I was able to live the dream with Benji. Because uh, then after that, everybody started uh, packing a bunch of uh, Ironhide stuff. And it's like, well, yeah. okay. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe uh, bringing this back into our main topic, maybe Benji will get some more support in uh in part the Misfield. Hey, maybe we'll finally get an adult Benji. We got an adult uh, Ko and an adult Kasai. Maybe this is where they like put in the Benji. Um, that would make a little bit of sense to me. Um, put Benji yeah, in, make him seems... make him into a Tiger Ninja. Yeah, I mean, we've seen um, in Magic, obviously you've seen the ninjas, you know, ninjas in Magic, they're quite, you know, they're ninjutsu, they're unblockable, aren't they? So maybe there are some sort of unblockable mechanics sort of in this set as well, potentially, uh, which would be a great, great way to bring Benji back, because obviously Benji has some unblockable shenanigans. So maybe we would, maybe we'll see that with spirits and mist and sneak attacks and all this. Maybe there is an unblockable thing in there, which makes sense. Well, ninjas, especially. I think, yeah, you need to have some sort of evasion mechanics kind of built in to not have an awful limited experience. Um, True. So, like, having stealth, having, like, some sort of unblockable ninja shenanigans, and then whatever illusionist is going to do. Um, I'm, 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 like I said, I'm super looking forward to it. Um, That's be I, I actually might buy more of this set than normal. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, form of evasion in this set is just going to be make a large attack. Make it huge. Large large I make it big. Yeah. I was thinking about uh, how illusionist pairs into the other two classes, at least currently, and I think it's really interesting because um, Assassin and Ninja don't exactly have a lot of six attack cards. Um, Assassin has like a couple and Ninja has like none. I can't think of a single Ninja attack that's six. So... I don't know. I, I think it could play very, very interestingly into uh, like in, in limited. Yeah. I'm curious to, to know no, what the viewers the think about uh, what are their thoughts on uh, part the Miss Veil? Is there any like spicy things we, we're, we're missing? Um, dude, I just hey, if, if, if it's right, if it's Assassin, Ninja and Illusionist, uh, it's got all the makings for like one of my favorite sets of all time. So yeah, well, it's like you say, illusionists, obviously, ninjas and assassins don't have too many ways to do phantasm things. So if they are doing phantasm things, they they could be the beta of the set, couldn't they, with big illusionist attacks or whatever going over the top rather than going wide, etc. So that makes sense. That could be their evasion, just big numbers. 
whereas mm-hmm. the other ones don't do it. They're more wider ones, but yeah, should be should be good fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, with that said, do we want to just go into the Arsenal steep and then talk about that? Yeah. Actually, I've got. Uh, I completely forgot. I've, I was going to mention this. Um, oh, yeah, so go for I've it. been given. I've been given a uh, battle hardened ticket to give away on this uh, podcast. Uh, oh, I probably okay. should have. Okay. I probably should have mentioned it at the start because. But anyone who's listening to this 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 farther on into the podcast will be able to take advantage of it now. Then, um, so I've got a um, a battle hardened keel. Germany ticket to give away to someone who's listening to this podcast, um, whether it's in audio form or video form. Uh, this just just comes from uh, from my friend Taddle, as a patron of mine. Um, I think we met him briefly in uh, at Barcelona. Bill, um, one of the many people that came up to us uh, saying, "Oh, Living Legends podcast," because <laughs> that happened quite a lot uh, in nice. worlds. Um, so, uh, so yeah, courtesy of him. I think he knows the game store fairly well who's running it. Um, so that's on March the 15th to the 17th, 2024. Uh, and the winner will be pulled next week. So we need to choose a winner next week. Um, so if you're listening this far on, I will promote it on Twitter and stuff as well. So if you haven't listened to it, haven't listened this far, um, you can still enter and all that. Um, but um, but yeah, just thought I'd mention that as well. So we do have one of those to give away. As well. How do you want people to enter? uh i don't know i'm open to suggestions i okay. completely, forgot, completely, uh, completely forgot to mention it until now so hmm i normally do when i do a giveaway like this in the video i will just have people comment something specific in the comments to so we know that they actually want to enter so yeah we could do that so if you are listening to this um please go to the video version of this episode on uh, youtube.com slash red zone rogue. And we'll have everyone who wants to enter this to type in something in the comments. What do you want them to say? What should we have them say? Well, just something to do with battle hardened keel, I guess. K I E L. Um, So it's a location in Northern Germany. You know, we'll make it simple. What hero are you going to bring to the battle hardened uh, just comment that down below. Say, I'm going to bring yeah. Riptide or whatever. <laughs> You're probably not going to bring Riptide. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, somebody might. Well, Shout out, Mink. Somebody might. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just thought I mentioned that as well before we go into the Arsenal step. But um, yeah, make sure you do that. Cool. What, what hero are you going to be playing at Battle Hardened Keel if you're going? And hopefully we can get you entered for free by leaving that comment on yeah. the Red Zone Rogue video version. What um, hero and why is it Arachne? Let us know in the comments down yeah. below. <laughs> Burns of the past. Meta. Um, I mean, actually, though. I mean, actually, though. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Okay. Sorry, carry on. No, no, it's all good. I'm just, <laughs> I just have, uh, I guess I have some stuff for the Arsenal step. Um, it's pretty, it's not like a lot, I guess. So um, I just, uh, this past weekend, I hosted another Grand Archive starter deck event in my uh, Rogues Gallery community Discord. We had about 18, well, not about, we had 18 players for this one. A little bit smaller than the previous one, but it was still really good. Everyone had, like, a, a great time. I always get good good feedback on these. And it went so well that I, I'm likely going to be hosting more events in my Discord um, 
2024. What's great about the Grand Archive events is I have a really good relationship with the creators of the game, and I have official prize support for the events that I host in my Discord. So they gave me like an actual like prize support kit, and that I distribute out. Um, I do I do participation prizing for my events because I want everyone to walk away with something um, plus extra stuff. Uh, so with that said, I will likely be doing another one of those for Grand Archive later this year for their for their uh, next set Mercurial Heart. Um, and I am thinking about doing that for other games as well. I think if um, Part the Misfail is as awesome as I think it is, I think doing like a Blitz starter deck event in the Discord would be really cool. I have no idea for prizing on that because I don't think Flesh and Blood is going to give me official prize support. Um, so I'll have to come up with some way to make that work and make it worth everyone's time um other than it just being fun and then uh i'm definitely going to be hosting some sort of event like that for shadowverse evolve probably a couple i have an idea for a um limited event like a sealed event for the next set and then when their uh, multiplayer product uh, glory finder comes out later this year i think it'd be really fun to do like a multiplayer event where we have like a couple different pods and everyone plays with the pre-constructed multiplayer decks and all that kind of stuff um Likely won't have official price support from them either, but I have some better ideas for some cool stuff for that. Um, so, yeah, just doing some of that kind of stuff this year to just help engage um, with the community and to play some play some more games. Um, and then on the docket for me this weekend, I'm going to do casting for Grand Archive North American uh, Nationals. Um, so you can catch me on the live stream this weekend on the official Grand Archive uh, YouTube channel. Going to be doing... Uh, coverage all weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is my second nice. casting event of the year and not my last. I will talk about the other ones um, coming up that I have when I'm, when I'm able to do so. Um, yeah. Good. So that's that's what I got. That's what I got uh, the going on right now outside of Flesh and Blood other than like content and stuff. Oh, hey, wait. Watch my Japan travel vlogs if you haven't. Go watch them. They're fun. I posted the second one recently. Um yeah, Definitely. check out a I check out a Shinto shrine in the middle of Akihabara, and then I meet with a TCG an anime TCG game dev in uh, the Final Fantasy Cafe, and eat a little fat cat meat bun and stuff. I don't know, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, how about you, Az? What's uh What's in your What's in your arsenal? What's my arse this week? Um, well, um, <laughs> uh, so uh, to be honest. Um, the, the the league that means nothing um, has been taking up mm-hmm. a lot of my time despite it meaning absolutely nothing to the eventual winner um, and my channel in general um, it's, uh, it's been taking up a lot of my a lot of my time uh, recently so that's flesh and blood related uh, outside of that um, as I mentioned at the very start uh, me and my girlfriend moved back in with my mum for a while I reckon we'll probably be here for at least at least a year while we hardcore save to sort ourselves out um because uh because yeah it's tough out there at the moment especially in the uk i think we're one of the one of the countries that has the highest inflation right now yeah. um, so the cost of living is through the roof um so uh so yeah so um not in my own space which is difficult to a certain degree but also it's nice you know being being with your parents again seeing more of them family is quite an important thing uh so struggles and pros and cons to everything um uh but yeah it's good it's good stuff and uh it's, it's a means to an end essentially uh, not everything in life is going to be is going to be easy it's going to be hard in some places mm-hmm. uh, and that's what i'm going for at the moment 
So, uh, so yeah, it's not a not a fantastic Arsenal step, but it is one that's happening nonetheless. Um, so I just thought I'd bring that to everybody's attention. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, luckily I'm in the, I'm in the in the in the corner of this room, which is ba- we basically do have our own separate lounge, which is cool. Mum's got quite a large house, so it's quite good. Nice. Um, so we've got our own own little space, and I can still host a league that means absolutely nothing in this corner. I just got need my webcam pointing down at my screen, and, and I'm good to go. And I can do the Living Legends podcast in a in a hoodie as well. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah. There's another reason to check out the video uh, version. You can see as in an Udi. You can, yeah, for the first time ever. Um, it's got little bergs on it. Yeah. Little, little bergs. And I started a new job recently as well. So obviously that's paying more. So that's obviously going to fast track the process because uh, I think a fair people a fair people know because I've announced it a few times that I had issues with my other job before. So, uh, so yeah, that's all resolved now going through the first week of training on this new one. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of the Arsenal step is a lot of uh, life stuff rather than playing other games or doing other things. But that happens to everybody. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, yeah. it's not always fun to talk about, but it's important. Like, I mean, I can relate a little bit too. Like, the last two months have been very expensive for me. We had three sets. Yeah. All three games that I play had huge set releases within the span of a week. Um, then I had a, a trip to Japan. Um, it was for work, but it still cost me a little bit of money. Um, and then, um, I've had more travel coming up and, you know, it's a lot of stuff, even though, like, even if you do get comped for travel, a lot of the times you will have to buy your tickets and stuff and then get comped after the fact. So you need to buy the stuff and then you're down like some money for a little bit of time. So there's a lot of like these little bumps um and then there's also all these kickstarters like the sponsor of the video today grim path and then there's also altered and all of this stuff is just all happening all at once and i'm looking at my bank account and i'm just like oh my god dude like it is rough i think i need to i really need to cut back i i actually might so i i have i backed altered on kickstarter but i think i might like cut back my pledge by quite a bit because i'm currently backing in like one of the all-in tiers which is going to be like 700 bucks or something and i'm like yeah that's a i might i don't know if i can do this right now (laughs) like maybe in like two two months i could have done this but right now i don't know it's just everything all at once is just is like draining so uh i understand um yeah and you know even oh go go ahead go ahead ahead. i was gonna say like card games as, as much as they are amazing and great fun you also have to be very careful and actually have to realize what how much you're spending on them because yeah it's, it is a lot to be involved with tcgs and hobbies in general really um so yeah it's it's one of those things where you feel like you're missing out as well especially with kickstarter it's one of those things isn't it where if you don't do it you're not going to get the thing and all the special stuff that comes with it it's uh, it does prey upon that a little bit but but yeah I, expensive either way yeah and i do want to i mean this is pretty late into the episode i should have mentioned this when we we're talking about the japan thing um but I do, I do think this is relevant uh because it's expensive man like i would like nothing more than to go back to japan this year um and after they announced i was not expecting it though i did i did kind of predict it a little bit i did think there'd be some flesh and blood events in japan this year but i, I was looking at like flights and stuff and i mentioned this in my video man like the cheapest flights for me unless they were like absolutely garbage tier flights that have like 20 hour layovers, the the cheapest reasonable flights for me were like three grand, like round trip. It was like, you know, $1,700 one way, $1,400 one way. It's like, I'm like, 
dude, I don't know if I can justify like a $4,000 trip again. Like, and then I told Robin, I'm like, oh, so cool. And I told her the price and she was just like, no, <laughs> like she's like, that's two months rent. Uh, and this is if you're not working it, you're just basically going on a $4,000 vacation. Um, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I would feel pretty bad and somewhat irresponsible. The funny thing, people are like, oh, just bring her with you. Not only does that double the price, it makes a $4,000 trip an $8,000 trip. Robin is more responsible than me, and she is very you know, hesitant to take time off work. Also, she's like a manager at her work, so she's very much needed. But um, anyway, yeah. going back on what As said, um, hey, it's expensive, and sometimes you just can't afford it, right? And it's just, um, it's just part part yeah. of part of life. I would like nothing more than to go to Japan again. Am I going to? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I don't. Robin might kill me um, if I could somehow yeah. get the trip sponsored yeah but uh, if i have to pay it out of pocket i don't know man <laughs> i don't know man. especially since, yeah, I ar- since, since i already went there once this year too it's just like yeah so i know some people i'm, I'm saying this because i know some people are going to ask us like oh are you guys are gonna go i would love to go i'm pretty sure everyone here would love to go um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's a, a thing as well is uh, it's um is uh, picking your battles as well because you know th- this was only announced recently and it's only what a three months away so yeah man it's for, it's for a, a lot, short a yeah turnover short period of time yeah um but i do want to continue the trend of going to worlds each year for flesh and blood stuff mm-hmm. so i'll i will i will try and continue that trend depending on where it is and and what and what's happening um but um, i want to try and continue that trend and obviously we we all want to meet when we can all three of us because yeah. we haven't had that luxury yet I, worlds man we were in i know we're in our arsenal step but <laughs> worlds is yeah. interesting this year because since we're having the world premiere of part the misvale in japan that means worlds will likely not be in japan i doubt i doubt they'll double up um so that means worlds is gonna be somewhere else i know a lot of people are thinking apac region but like i said we just had one in japan um, I could still maybe see another one in, in any pack. Um, but I know a, a lot of other people are like, oh, maybe this will be, you know, um, East Coast USA. I don't know. Pro Tour is in L.A. Maybe 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 they're going to do New York for mm. for Worlds or something. I can say this. If Worlds is in the United States, there's like a 98 percent chance I go because um, it'll be easy for me to go. If it's overseas, I'll see how much it costs. <laughs> Basically, we'll see how much it costs. Uh, no yeah, longer I'm, is the I'm, passport I'm, an issue, but we'll see how much the price is. Yeah, I would love to go back to New York. If, if it was New York, I would I would confirm myself to be there 100% because that was great. That was a great time. Uh, I'll definitely go back there. Um, would you Would you be able to go to something like that, Bill, do you think? East Coast USA, end of the year? East, East Coast USA, yeah, probably. Um, yeah. As uh, as we were kind of talking about, I don't think I'm going to be able to swing going to Japan as much as I would love to. Um, yeah, same. Like, don't have enough money in the bank to do it's just, this. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, oh man, I really i I want to go back so badly too, <laughs> but it's just like, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know. And I think I'll, I think here's the other thing. I think I'll have opportunities to go back to Japan outside of this in the future through like. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, it'll just come up. So as much as I'd like to go, probably, probably not. But 
we'll see yeah, probably we'll see. not in the not in the cards as they say yeah but yeah. um but yeah if if stuff's in like the continental us it's a lot more it's a lot easier for me to to swing that because yeah, yeah going to japan like kel said would probably be a three thousand dollar trip uh mm. meanwhile a trip to the states depending on what i could do maybe only like 1500 bucks like you know it's it's about half as expensive it's still like a trip so i couldn't do it a billion times but if it's just worlds then yeah you know yeah, yeah. just world <laughs> yeah, yeah and after missing worlds last year i would very much like to go this year so um i'm really keen on the announcement i really really hope they announce it soon you know like within the next month or so so we actually have like a decent amount of time to to plan for it and not like three months out um so but you know we'll see yeah i feel like it's some i feel like it's summit they're potentially getting better at um yeah yeah i still still don't think three months notice for something like japan is enough time for a lot of people unfortunately um (laughs) but yeah i mean yeah i mean for me it's like it would have been nice to be able to save up for it because like i mentioned i'm just like you know, I'm, I'm drained this this month. Like, I've just been spending so much on cards and stuff, and like just coming back from Japan, and it's just like here's another Japan trip, and I'm like, oh, I want to go, but I need time to recover. <laughs> I need, I still gotta pay bills and stuff, man. Um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, we'll see. Yeah. Anything, anything in anything in your Arsenal step, Bill? Before we uh, yeah. before we close off. Um, other than what I was talking about earlier, uh, I've unfortunately because of chicago uh mm-hmm. i am sort of in the the mindset of magic the gathering um what deck did you play I, did you what deck did you play in uh, chicago uh so i played uh a couple of different ones i played a few that were proxied uh that madison had brought uh madison nice. is another member of the spike feeders um and then the main deck that I wanted to play a bunch of was uh, my Shieldred the Apocalypse deck, which uh, you had mentioned Shieldred the Apocalypse earlier. Um, I pulled a really nice version of it. It's the uh, the step and complete concept Praetor foil from like a the hell, one. The hell does that even mean? <laughs> it's a bunch of words. It, yeah. It's the it's the highest rarity version ah, okay. of it that exists. Okay. And I pulled it out of like two collector boosters. That's so not like, that's not like a. Uh, uh, serialized or whatever right no it wasn't serialized but it has like the the rainbow foiling on it has like little phyrexian symbols all around it ah. um like instead of it being like sparkly or shiny it's like little phyrexian yeah symbols, it looks so like it, looks, really it cool. looks like the japanese like cutesy foil except instead of like cute yeah. little stars it's yeah. like phyrexian symbol yeah like like k-pop um yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly um but uh yeah so i pulled one of those and then just made a deck around it with all of the black cards that i still owned um and it's a ton of fun and it's so much fun that i decided to make it less fun for other people to play against uh by yeah. buying expensive uh things that allow me to cast it earlier including uh jeweled lotus yeah which allows me to cast it on turn one of the game uh i basically turning my shieldred into a ley line <laughs> i have see i have i have a jeweled lotus too i have a really nice version of jewel lotus that's so like the alternate art with the really cool thing anyway um but i run it in my like jank as hell um assassin rogue uh theme deck that i i can play mari the killing quill on turn one <laughs> Ooh, yeah. mari wow. she's, a, she's a two three um <laughs> anyway. also so is so jeweled lotus cost nothing does it 
Zero drop. Dual yeah. Lotus costs zero, and uh, you can uh, crack it to add three mana of any one color, but you can only use that mana to cast your commander. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, so, you, so you get one from the land that you've played, and then three from... So you can core, cast a full CMC on turn one. Yeah. Me. yeah, it's actually, like, quite good in decks that really care about your commander, but... Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I my, my my most competitive deck is a mono blue. I mean, as you'd probably guess, it's a mono blue commander deck where I could run Urza as the commander. He's in the deck, but I choose to run Reality Chip instead. Um, Hell yeah! And I have obviously I have the anime art for <laughs> Reality Chip with all the the waifus standing around the the floating chip. Um, yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah, so I played some Shieldred. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I bought a Jeweled Lotus at the event, and then I think the next game, or maybe the game after that, that I played with it, uh, I was able to... I, I had Jeweled Lotus plus a land, so I was like, oh, turn one Shieldred. <laughs> this nice. was worth the money. Um, Do you run stuff well, like seven... like Underworld Dreams and stuff in that deck? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, dude. Underworld Dreams. Oh, do you have, like, the old one? Do you have, like, the Very one from, like... Box. Do you have the Underworld Dreams from, like, uh, Legends or the oh, Dark Legends. or whatever? Aww. No, it's like a re- it's like a reprint one. Uh, the the quality of cards that are in this Shielder deck uh, fluctuates wildly from being really gross versions of cards to like like I have um, a random printing of Solemn Simulacrum from like it's like a newer printing all the way to uh, I have an Alpha Demonic Tutor. Nice. Um, that I just play in the deck. Uh, I have a uh, original foil Bloodstained Mire uh, that was bent in half. Uh, before I purchased it. Nice. Um, yeah, I, it's just a janky ass deck, and I love it. Uh, yeah. And then I'm also building right now. Uh, I'm, I'm calling it Large Catman. Uh, it's a card called Sovereign Okinek Ahau, which I'm trying to show. Uh, Literally, no card. idea what the hell that is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's impossible to see because of my it's, ring light. At one point, uh, I, I would pride myself on knowing almost. Like any t- time someone would show me a magic card, I'm like, oh, I know what that does. Um, now it's just like, bro, I don't. If it was in the last yeah. like four years, no idea. Outside no, of like one's... some stuff. This one's relatively new. It's from Lost Caverns of Ixalan, uh, which came out. That makes sense recently. why I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, his effect is basically uh, whenever he attacks, it he looks at all of your creatures and any that have uh, power, current power greater than their base power, they get. Uh, plus one plus one counters equal to the difference between their current power and their base power. Yeah. So if you have a two two that is a five five for whatever reason, if it has counters or it's buffed by an equipment or whatever, it gets three additional plus one plus one counters. So what you're telling me uh, is if you cradle if you cradle a hoof in, then they all get double hoof, right? Yes. That's gross. Yeah. Uh, there's also a new white card called Moonshaker Cavalry. Oh, I know what that is. is basically, that, yeah, 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 it's basically Crater Hoof Behemoth, except it gives flying and it's I, white. Out of like the the, the three magic channels <laughs> that I watch, Spike Feeders being one of them, Talian Community College being the other, and then Pleasant Kenobi being the other one. By the way, I watch all of these uh, strictly because I know the people who make who make them. Um, but Pleasant Kenobi talked. He made a video about how how that card is not as good as hoof and yada 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 so that's why i know that one yeah. um it may not be as good as hoof but it is another hoof and it is white so it's, it's kind of cool it yeah it goes in the deck um, i mean you can't natural order it out but you know it's all good yeah 
but uh but yeah so that's the deck that i'm building right now i have uh a copy of a card that i i pulled from uh new phyrexia when it was still new but uh triumph of the hordes which is a nice ah. and fun card for everybody who plays magic I know oh, that, 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 that's a fact i run that in my marin yeah. deck so i can yeah. so i can play triumph i can get uh uh merit lajo and then triumph so she has infect yeah it's good yeah um but yeah this is the original copy that i got uh when i just pulled it and now it is a 20 dollar card for some reason um it's an uncommon that has never been reprinted because it's unfun <laughs> but <laughs> i mean yeah uh, i at one point i was like i want to i want to play canadian highlander and i never came to anything so i have a i have a ton of cards just on my desk but i bought some specifically for canadian highlander so i just have a bunch of like here's a foil questing beast. Oh yeah, questing beast. And here's on a foil attracts a grand uni unifier, and then foil comet <laughs> stellar pup. These are all oh. the cards that people are just like, oh, these are good and oh, no. these are good in a uh, canlander. Here's a foil oko original oko. Uh, foil minscan boo with boo. Ooh. Yeah. So I mean, anyway, I have a bunch of magic cards just sitting on my desk, but they're just sitting here. Yeah, hell yeah. Someday, uh, someday I will, yeah. I will make a canlander deck, and it will be cool. But we'll see. We'll see when that happens. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, on this flesh and blood podcast, I think that'll yeah, that's uh, fine. Yeah. That'll <laughs> everyone's everyone's fully, checked out. Yeah, everybody's checked out. So uh, well, now we are fully and completely in the weeds. <laughs> I I say that, but some people are still secret magic lovers because I see the analytics on my channel and it tells me like what other people are watching. Like these are videos other people watched, and it's almost always prof like you you all out there will be like i hate magic you're still watching magic content i know it tells me it tells me what you're watching um yeah i can even yeah. i can even pull it up right now and go to go to it while we sign off and i'll tell you what the most recent video everyone the who watches my channel is watching even though i don't cover magic that's really um, interesting how do you find that out analytics is it yeah you gotta you gotta analytics and you got a audience Oh, yeah. And then you scroll down, and it says, Channels your audience watches. Number one, Telerian Community College. Number two, DM Armada. Hey, shout out to my, our good buddy, Steven. Number three, Alpha Investments. You Y'all y'all be fronting. I know what you're watching. It's it's telling, telling me right here. Magic stuff. <laughs> uh, and then it says, um, and it gives you, like, um, the videos as well. So, most recently, it's a video by DM Armada. That's great. Great, great. It's him talking about uh, uh, the new set. And then uh, right after that, uh shuffle up and play i forced old magic pros to play commander uh and then after that telling community college something has gone wrong with murders at Karlov manor so y'all are watching magic content i'm just saying interesting very nice um, Cool. but yeah anyway uh let's go around the table and sign off for this episode i have been your host for this episode my name is bill from the spike feeders uh, you can find me on uh, on Twitter at BillTSF. You can also find me on YouTube at the Spike Feeders Fab, where we do live edited gameplay content. Uh, if anybody is still sticking, it has is still here, and mm. uh, it has any interest in Magic: The Gathering content, we also do have the main channel, uh, the Spike Feeders, which we are rapidly approaching fifty thousand subscribers. Uh, so please give that a check out too if you don't already know about them. Um, but uh, with that being said, let me kick it over once again alphabetically to my boy, Az. 
Tripe, yes. Um, so I'm Az from Go Again Gaming. Uh, so the YouTube channel is Go Again Gaming. There's a lot of content going to be out um, over the next few months, as I mentioned, because of the league that means absolutely nothing whatsoever. Um, and uh, the main sort of uh, thought process and raw thoughts come out on Twitter. That's Go Again Gaming AZ. Um, so, well, uh, yeah, that's my main things right now. So, uh, but yeah, as I said earlier, very excited to just have consistent content again. So, but this happens to all content creators. They go like this, they, you know, what they want to do and different ideas and stuff comes to their heads. But that's it. So go and go and have a look when you can. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's get those uh, most frequently watched uh, channels on my analytics. Let's make them into Go Again Gaming and the Spike Feeders. Hey. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm Kel. Yeah. Also known as Red Zone Rogue. I talk about Flesh and Blood and other card games over on Red Zone Rogue. Uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash redzonerogue, as well as Twitter. Those are my main places. I'm pretty active in my community Discord, so if you want to just hang out and chat, um, that's the Rogues Gallery Discord. I have it in the description of my videos, not in the, the audio-only version of this. Um, and uh, the community over there, surprisingly, there's some Flesh and Blood players, but there's a lot of other players for other card games in there too it's a pretty sweet community everyone's very like open-minded um we have a weekly group that plays uh grand archive and we're gonna be doing some shadow stuff and and all that kind of good stuff good stuff and um unlike <laughs> i mentioned this at the top of the show but unlike uh despite uh what uh, rumors may say otherwise you can still find weekly flesh and blood content over on red zone rogue as i clearly hate the game and the developers of the game. Goddamn Brian Gottlieb keeps coming on the podcast and I'm just like, man, why do you got to keep showing up? <laughs> why? why? Yeah. No, no, no. So yeah, you can find a uh, weekly flesh and blood content as well as weekly Shadowverse and grand archive content. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my stuff. Find me there. If you want to do the things and uh, we, we're going to talk about more flesh and blood next week. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, everybody who's still around, uh, let us know down in the comments, who is the, uh, hero or class that you are either, uh, suspecting is in, uh, the new Mistvale, vale, part of the Mistvale vale set, or, um, what are you most excited for? Let us know in the comments down below. Yeah. And, uh, until next time, thank you so much for watching. Stay well, stay safe, and we'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. Boom.